Sitting in the south stands Drinking the courage from mile high The best part of the weekend Hugging a perfect stranger As they become a friend Having a good time when the orange and blue W-I-N Tuning in every day with the good folks down at DNVR And welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by, you know it, you already know it, it's presented by by MSU Denver. Go to msudenver.edu slash online to check out all they have to offer. We're talking 40 plus uh, online and hybrid programs, 750 classes. But guys, we don't have time, too much time to talk about all that because the Broncos are back. They're back, baby. Oh boy, training camp 2020 officially underway i'm so pumped this is awesome and as you can see our very own andrew mason coming to you live from the broncos practice fields at dove valley mace had the opportunity to take in the very first training camp practice of the year uh and so mace without further ado let us know how did it go well the headliner is jerry judy and uh, kareem jackson will get into what he said as this podcast goes on, this broadcast goes on. But the best thing you can say is that if you've been watching the little clips that Judy has posted on social media, seeing some of the clips posted by the Broncos, and of course, watch the film at Alabama, then you know what? I'm going to take the mask off. I'm outside. What the heck? Then Jerry Judy is at a, is as advertised, the real deal. As far as being able to make a sharp cut, and generate two steps of, se- of separation, being able to make a cut after he catches the ball and juke and send Josie Jewell flying. The interesting oh, thing, guys, <laughs> is that most of Jerry Judy's work came with and against the second team today. There were some bits and pieces of him with the ones, but primarily his work was coming with Jeff Driscoll pulling the trigger. And guys, Jerry Judy doesn't look like he should be anybody's backup. Jerry Judy needs to be starting. Just get him out there on the first team. Right Here we go. Freaking now. Here it's- we go again. It's, it's <laughs> you know, why do we got to do this? Why is Damar Dotson is, is you know, uh, got to earn the job. And Jerry Judy's playing with Jeff Driscoll. You know, uh, playing players with backup quarterbacks is a bad idea. Just ask Theo Riddick. So let's okay. stop, uh, you know, wasting time here. And put Jerry Judy where he belongs. You know, no it's unfair. It's unfair to do that to the second team defense. You're not only putting a first round wide receiver out there, but you're putting the best wide receiver and a historic wide receiver draft class out there against second teamers. Why you got to do that, Vic? That's not nice. It only makes your defense, your second teamers look not very good. And after practice, though, Vic did have good things to say about Jerry Judy. So. I think that quickly we'll be seeing Jerry Judy with the first team where he belongs. Yeah, I, I would hope so. Let's just let's just start the process. And the funny thing is, guys, it's not like KJ Hamler had a bad day. I would actually say KJ Hamler had the catch of the day. Oh, 
Ooh. getting downfield. And Duke Dawson, I, I was actually surprised that Duke Dawson was step for step with K.J. Hamler. And Jeff Driscoll with a nice throw out in front. And Hamler lunges, dives for it, brings it in. Maybe uh, Jeff Driscoll's best throw of the day because when you're in tight coverage like that, you've got to give the receiver some separation to prevent any chance of a pick. And so good play by Driscoll, but K.J. Hamler laying out for the ball downfield. But that was kind of the only glimpse. Today was mostly the Jerry Judy show. Although at times, Portland Sutton made some plays as well, although he slipped on a route, Bryce allowing Bryce Callahan to pick it off. To pick it off. But boy, Jerry, Jerry Judy's the headliner today, guys. And uh, I mean, if you weren't excited before today, you have to be excited now. I mean, you can hear just the crowd listening <laughs> to this podcast is going wild when Jerry Judy's the headliner. It might have had something to do with Nathan McKinnon putting the abs up 1-0. Uh, just that too. Just I can't see the time there, but like two minutes into the game. <laughs> the bests are just performing on this Friday, right? You got Jerry Judy on the football field, and you got Nathan McKinnon on the ice. So quickly, Mace, take us through just a couple play- – you said that uh, he left uh, Josie Jewell in the dust. What else did you see from Jerry Judy directly that was so impressive? Just the ability to what we've seen on film at Alabama, the ability to use the cuts to generate separation. He did it to he did it to Isaac Yadam a couple of times. The other thing is it's so effortless with him, and you get him downfield, and you know how sometimes the receiver will just kind of put his arms up and kind of pluck the ball out. Yeah, it's out in front. He did that multiple times today, and just. It's no pad, so I, I, you know, I want to restrain it a little bit. And I also want to see what he does against more first-team cornerbacks than you see than than he would have seen today. But yeah, it's it's the whole it's the whole picture. It's the whole package, guys. Um, and it's not that Tim Patrick working with the ones primarily had a bad day, but you just gotta get Jerry Judy up there with the ones. You just have to do it. Without a doubt, and Mace, I understand where you're coming from. Wanting to hold back. It's day one. It's no pads. But Kareem Jackson isn't holding back, so I'm not holding back. After practice, Kareem Jackson said Jerry Judy can get in and out of breaks better than I've ever seen anyone before. This a- isn't this ever? isn't like a rookie. No, <laughs> and this isn't a rookie Kareem Jackson. This is 10-year vet Kareem Jackson, who, by the way, has gone up against DeAndre Hopkins for many years out there in Houston. This is Kareem Jackson, who's been against the best and Day one of practice, Jerry Judy does it better than anyone he's ever seen. I think Kareem Jackson, if he had been asked to before the draft, would have given a glowing scouting report because, of course, like Jerry Judy, is an Alabama Crimson Tide product and pointed out, hey, that he's been watching Jerry Judy since he was a freshman at Alabama. And what Jerry Judy is doing out here probably surprised Kareem Jackson less than any other player on the field. I would like to take the title as uh, least surprised by Jerry Judy stealing the fr- this show at the first day of training camp alongside uh, alongside Kareem Jackson. Uh, that's so great to hear. It shouldn't come as a surprise. They should stop wasting his reps against second-team players. He's a first-team guy. He is a first-round pick. Uh, it won't be long. It won't be long. I have a good feeling about that. Okay, Mace, uh, I think the second thing that most people want to know is how did Drew Locke look? A solid day for him. Now, he had a couple of picks 
One I'm not concerned about in the team period. He's looking for Cortland Sutton, little little route to the right, and Sutton as he's making his cut just slips. It happens, and Bryce Callahan, to his credit, is right there on Cortland Sutton's hip pocket, makes the pick. You know what? Tough break for Drew Locke there. The interception that he had in seven on seven, in the seven on seven period, by the way, that was the roughest one that Drew Locke had today. In two sets of reps, completed three of seven passes, and he got picked off. And what happened on the interception, guys, it was right there. It was the third rep of seven on seven. And he just stared down Cortland Sutton, looking to his right, stares him down. It's a short route. Alexander Johnson there in short area coverage. Nice break on it by him, picks it off. So that's something that Drew Locke has got to do a bit better. Now, that said, watching his eyes as the rest of the practice progressed, he did do better. There was one play that I loved where he comes out, he's looking to the right, and Philip Lindsay is going to the left flat. Philip Lindsay's not the primary or even the secondary option on that play, but Phil is wide open. So after Drew Locke, he goes through his progressions, uses his eyes to kind of move the defense in, in one direction, and then at the corner of his eye, sees Philip Lindsay, hits him, and gentlemen, there was so much space for Philip Lindsay there because the defense kind of misplayed it a little bit that Phil probably would have gone for 20 or 30 yards in game conditions. But that's the sort of thing you want to see from him, being able to monitor the entire field, be able to see which receivers are open, which ones aren't, but not necessarily looking in that direction. So even though I have to critique Locke for the interception, for staring down his receiver, I have to give him credit for doing a lot better at that as the practice progressed. And all I can think of when you're talking about that, Mace, is another reason to get Jerry Judy on the field. If he's just staring down Cortland Sutton, get him more playmakers. <laughs> I did hear Deshaun Hamilton had a solid day. What was, uh, I think you said, Mace, on Twitter, picking up where he left off at the end of last year, which is good to hear. But uh, get Jerry Judy on so Locke doesn't have to lock on to his, his best and really only true number one receiver out there when it's just Cortland. Yeah, Deshaun Hamilton, if he sur- if if he surrenders playing time, he's not going to surrender it without a fight. And there was one play in particular where he got open downfield, and I believe it was from Jeff Driscoll, but uh, don't quote me on that. I'm actually looking looking at my notes right now to see if I can if I can find it. But he he makes a sharp cut and then he turns to the sideline and with that cut gets about about three yards of separation on Isaac Yadam. So the route running ability we talked about Deshaun Hamilton having when he came in, it was on display today when he's able to use that to, to get the separation. He's not going to get separation with his vertical speed or his quickness. He's going to get it with the cuts on his routes. So that was playing to his strength. That was good to see for him today. Maybe uh, having a route running expert in the building now is helping Deshaun <laughs> Hamilton finally hone in those skills. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. The, the other thing is also because you didn't have pads on, it's going to be tough to gauge the defense. Von Miller, he had some pressures today. He also got the benefit of working against Jake Rogers from time to time. And that was not a good matchup for young Jake Rogers. To say the least, that was a teachable moment for number 69, who did not surrender his number to the six foot nine DeMar Dotson, the tallest player on the Broncos. Jake Rogers and Elijah Wilkinson split the first team reps at right tackle. And Vic Fangio pointed out that, hey, Rogers did play some at the end of last year, said Rogers has had a pretty good offseason for what it's worth. But at the same time, yeah. 
I don't see Jake Rogers pushing for the right tackle spot based on what he did today. The other interesting thing there on the offensive line is Austin Schultman working at center for the time being. A little bit of a ragged day for Lloyd Cushenberry, who uh, was part of a fumbled center snap exchange with Jeff Driscoll. I don't want to say who was at fault. Really couldn't tell based on what I saw. And then had a snap that was a little bit high later on but also settled down and did some solid work creating some holes on, on the interior for the running backs. Yeah. And that right tackle position Broncos are going to, they're going to mess around with it. They're going to take their time and Ryan, you're shaking your head. I, I agree with, I asked Vic about DeMar Dotson after practice and he said, we've got to get familiar with him. We've got to get him caught up. He has the license and the permit to win a starting job, but it's going to take a little while to find out where he's at. This isn't a thing where even though it's Jake Rogers playing some starting right tackle and Von Miller just schooling him, we're still not going to see DeMar Dotson out there with the first team on Sunday. We're not going to see it on Monday. I think it's going to be a while till he's really getting the opportunity. And then what I just don't want is it's the last week of camp when they're finally getting DeMar first team reps, and then they're saying, well, it's just a little too late to make him the starter. That that's, I, I don't want to see that. I want to see him in the starting lineup as soon as possible. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally with you. Just, just sign on the dots in line and, uh, <laughs> and, and dot your eyes and, and make sure you cross your T's as well. You know, there's no reason to mess around with this in my opinion. Uh, the longer you wait, the less reps that your starter gets with your starters, and that just doesn't make sense to me. And, it, and that applies to Jerry Judy. It applies, you know, it, it applies across the board. Absolutely, and I think Noah Fant made the point after practice, guys, that even though you don't have fans out here, of course, it certainly looks and sounds different without a couple of thousand people up on the grassy knoll. But Fant said, "Hey, it's kind of made up for the fact that." You've got such a limited time to get ready for the season. So even though you don't have people watching, people cheering for big plays, you have the urgency coming from this looming deadline that is breaking, that is bearing down on the Broncos with them playing in less than a month and uh, only having, uh, I believe it's going to be, what, 14 padded practices to get ready. So, you know, the time to mess around with the lineups it's short, even though the pads aren't on yet and go on next week. I think you got to start figuring out your lineup. And uh, if someone is not going to make a legitimate charge for a starting role, make sure that they're out of the mix and that you're focusing on the guys that you expect to play. If DeMar Dotson is ready to go next week, I think you've got to start getting him at least some first team reps, at least have him splitting with Elijah Wilkinson. I, All right, I totally agree. You're going to have a full report on the DNVR.com from this practice. So people will be able to get all the inside details. Mace does an incredible job of keeping notes. Uh, and, and I'm sure you'll get some stuff that you won't be able to get anywhere else. But before uh, you get to working on that, what else do people needed to know from this practice? Uh, what were some guys who maybe stood out that you weren't expecting or just anything else that you think uh, 
was pertinent from this practice. I'll tell you what, well, I liked uh, Alexander Johnson today, just kind of uh, being around things, being anticipating. And of course, I mentioned the interception that he had earlier. Uh, Derek Tuska, the rookie out of North Dakota State, uh, was able to get some pressures throughout the day. Shelby Harris did the Shelby Harris thing, knocking down a pass. I, I actually, it was kind of a, a perfect summation of what you might see from this defensive line with Jarrell Casey getting pressure from the interior. Shelby Harris then being in front of the, uh, of the quarterback, I believe it was Drew Locke, and batting it down at the line of scrimmage. So that's something that you want to see. And then you, you get toward the uh, you get toward the end of practice. There was a tip drill interception by uh, uh, by by Trey Marshall downfield uh, after the ball went off of KJ Hamler's hands. He had Isaac Yadam in coverage, and then uh, and and then some promise at the end of practice. Somebody who really wasn't active to this point but did a good job reading a bad pass, and that was Michael Ojemudia working against an offense led by Jeff Driscoll. Driscoll just missed. Maybe it was a, a maybe it was the wrong route. Maybe it was something else going on, but the pass was short. Short. He was looking for Jerry Judy downfield, and Ojemudia read the flight of the ball, got himself in position, made the pick downfield. The funny thing is, guys, toward the end of practice, I realized, I haven't noted anything on Michael Ojemudia. He had not done anything that had really jumped out to that point. It was good to see him change that there at the end. Oh, I love that. You got your first round pick, your second round pick, and your third round pick all making plays. Mm -hmm. On the very first day of practice, when this is supposed to be uh, a year or could be a year where you have rookies taking a back seat because there hasn't been the offseason work, a shortened training camp. So I love to hear that. 100%. And also, uh, I noticed uh, there was a comment here coming in from Antonio Acosta, who asked, Eddie plays with Judy, Hamler, Fant, and Sutton all out there at the same time. Well, I noted one play where I saw the four of them together. Unfortunately, it was the play where Cortland Sutton slipped as he was running his route, and Bryce Callahan jumped it. But at least we know that that formation, that package, is something that the Broncos are already starting to work on. Mace, awesome. I got I got one more for you, really quick. Mm -hmm. I got to know about the running backs. Didn't hear much about either Philip Lindsay or Melvin Gordon today. How'd they look? Uh, did did one of them stand out? Well, Philip Lindsay had the play in the passing game where he got open and he galloped downfield, and he was solid. Some good cutbacks. Melvin Gordon looked really good. I I, I, I don't want to say if Philip Lindsay looked bad. I thought they both looked fine, and the way they were being used today, if that carries over to the regular season, that's a one and one a arrangement that we saw today, mm. not a one and two. And I think that's really crucial to note. But Melvin Gordon, the thing that jumps out about him is that he's that one cut and go, and it's really a decisive cut. And if you give him that hole and he gets and he's got some space, he's got a little uh, uprightness to him, but that also means he's got a nice long stride and can get a lot of yards in a hurry. And the thing that I noted in one of my, in my text edit file is that there's a lot of decisiveness and authority to how Melvin Gordon was running today. And when he's been at his best, that's what we've seen from him going all the way back to his days galloping behind some great offensive linemen at the University of Wisconsin. You knew I had to get that in. All right, Mason. <laughs> I've got one for you, and you're going to hate this. Ah! Give – Based off one practice, you know, like after the first game of the season, they always say like, 
a way too early judgments from the first game yeah. of the season. Give me the w- hot take, way too early hot take from the first practice about the Broncos. The way too early hot take. Well, for, are we talking about an individual or the team as a whole? Can be anything. Okay. I I don't think Isaac Yadam is going to be the number three corner when all is said and done, even though he came out there as number three corner when the Broncos went into the team period for the first time he was there as a third cornerback. I don't think he ends up handling that role. There were some glimpses from Devontae Bosby today. Even on the play where Duke Dawson got beat by K.J. Hamler, it was a great catch by Hamler, and Dawson was right there step for step with him. And Devontae Bosby, one thing that if you – I don't want to take too much from the limited clips the Broncos have put out there of the last few days because you can kind of selectively edit those, but Bosby has been around the ball and, and showed that tendency again a couple of times today. I think that the number three corner should probably be Devontae Bosby or Michael Ojemudia or maybe even Duke Dawson pushing and not Isaac Yadin. If I was going by one day, that's where I would go. Mace, I like that. I like Mace, that. I'm watching, I'm watching the Avs game here. That take was colder than the ice they're skating on. <laughs> oh, hey, Ryan, Ryan, can I answer oh. that question? Even yeah, though I want to practice? Jerry Judy's a Pro Bowl receiver this there year. There we go. That's how we do hot takes. That's how we do oh. hot takes. Uh, all right, Mace, you're going to have a full report up on the DNVR.com. And I know uh, we've got some questions coming in here uh, on the live. We'll get to a few live questions every day that are pertinent. But if you want your question read, guaranteed, no matter what on this podcast, you can subscribe to the DNVR.com. Roll into the comment section from the most recent podcast. Leave your comments there and we'll always answer them. Uh, for the subscribers, but we will get to some lives too. So, you know, don't hesitate uh, to leave, to leave a live comment. And uh, this one from Epley guitar, Mace is looking club ready. Mace, <laughs> you going to the club after you finish, uh, finish writing your story. Uh, even if it was open, I don't think they are. Uh, I don't know. I think I, I, I may look club ready, but this is also kind of classic dad swag with the sunglasses and the, Hawaiian shirt. The thing, and, and the thing is, I got real lazy today. I can't quite get myself out of quarantine mode, so I'm still wearing just uh, workout shorts. I'm not wearing actual shorts with a belt today. I'm still there. going, still going elastic down below. You heard it here first. Mace is not wearing shorts. Uh, oh, all right, man. All right, Mace. Uh, thanks for for hopping on and giving us all of your uh, perspective. And uh, good luck with your story and with your move today. All right. Thank you very much, guys. See you later. Enjoy. All right. We're going to get into those questions from our uh, subscribers and members. Uh, But first, a big shout out to Breckenridge Brewery. Speaking of members, we've got Christy down in the bar, one of our members. And uh, she just told me she had her first RK special. Uh, You know, I talked to her for a second. She was telling me how great it is. I walked away. I came back. That one was empty. She already had another RK RK special on deck. So uh, Breckenridge Brewery the absolute best beers and the RK special. I mean, you can't beat the RK special when it comes to Breck brews. So half hot peak, half strawberry sky. It's unbeatable, Zach. Something you got to have on deck right next to your RK special. RK special in one hand, the DNVR app in the other hand, pulling up some Colorado rugby coverage because we are the place for everything. Colorado rugby, not just Colorado rugby, 
United States rugby. And now Infinity Park in Glendale is the USA. place for USA. American rugby. USA. <laughs> exactly right. And our reporter Colton Strickler is keeping you up to date with everything American rugby at DNVR Rugby. Uh, the DNVR.com. Check out the rugby coverage. Not only that, but check out the DNVR Rugby podcast. Colton's doing a great job breaking down everything in the sport of rugby uh, and what's going on in America, but also breaking down the game itself, which is huge for right now. Uh, there's so much sports going on, but you can pack another one in there. So check them out on Twitter, DNVR Rugby. Check them out on podcast, DNVR Rugby. And of course, at the DNVR.com Rugby. And then make sure you got a nice cold RK special in the other hand. I might have to go get me. Oh, no. An RK special. The uh, Coyotes just tied the game. Uh, It's all right. It's all good. It's all good. We'll get another one. All right. Let's jump into these questions from our listeners, Zach. And I'm sure there will uh, be some good ones today. The first one, though, comes in from maybe the dingo ate your baby. Says, who's the old man river of the DNVR crew? I myself predate Vegemite. A subscription, mace, blood pudding, DNVR, dishwasher salmon, holes in straws, hot pockets, and so on. Seems like the spring after the Super Bowl and right about when Zatch found sweet love with Trevor Simeon. Man, that is pretty good. Ryan, who are the OG OGs? Man, I mean, I remember a lot that, you know, the Gunner Canes of the world, the yeah, Ryan yeah. Claymans, those guys have been around for a long time. The Burrito uh, Brads. Burrito Brad. <laughs> I mean, lots, lots of long time, long time listeners. We love them all, whether today's the first day you've ever listened or you've been listening for all four training camps that Zach and I have been together for. Man, and what a time to be rolling with us right now. Missouri Bronco chiming in. Gentlemen, I'm becoming increasingly helpless and demoralized over here in the sea of bloody red. Get me out of here. How in the heck do the Chiefs have all this money? Is Clark Hunt pulling the funds from his uh, posterior? Is he channeling his inner Walter White? What in the world is going on? Mace, I need the complete breakdown of their situation to open my eyes and calm down. Signed a Broncos fan who's become 75% more concerned. Wow. I, this is a good day in Broncos country. I Zach, uh, must not be a long-time listener because anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a long time uh, knows what we always say, which is that the salary cap is an illusion uh, to make you think that there's a salary cap. There's no such thing as the actual salary cap. Uh, you can do whatever you want with your money as long as you do it in a very specific way. Yeah, and you got to give props to the Chiefs, uh, as, of course, everyone's seeing the tweets now. They had $177 in cap space going into this offseason and seemingly have spent more than anyone else this offseason, especially on their own players. Ryan, it's, it's, it's exactly what you said. This, is, this can be viewed as a negative for the Broncos and the rest of the, of the NFL, and I understand that, but also... Think about this two, three years down the line for the Broncos. Right now you're saying, ah, oh, shoot, the Broncos may have to let Cortland Sutton go if Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler and Noah Fant all hit. They may have to let two of those guys go. Well, or they can take a page from the Chiefs notebook and hope that maybe one or two of these guys will take a contract like 
Patrick Mahomes took, where instead of getting paid right now, he says, okay, I'm okay with a six-year contract where I get paid in, in big time in year three. The next two years, still kind of minimum deal. That's what the Chiefs were able to do. They were able to get their players on board, and winning helps with that. If you're winning, it's a lot easier to get all of these guys to, to buy into that. So this is dooming right now. But in the future, if all these guys hit, it could be a formula for the Broncos. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think it was Tom Pelissero yesterday who tweeted, the salary cap excuse is the NFL's version of she's just not that into you. And that's what I've been saying for weeks here. Like, why didn't the Broncos get a deal done with Justin Simmons? Because they didn't want to. Not yeah. for any other reason. They didn't – they aren't in love with Justin Simmons despite what some people might tell you. They just aren't. And when you're in love with them – you put a ring on it and the salary cap doesn't stop you and COVID doesn't stop you and all this stuff doesn't stop you. There's always a way. Yeah. And that's exactly what Justin said. He said, if, if they wanted to get a deal done, a deal would have been done. And, and Justin's right about that. It's, it's love or it's, it's like, we like you a lot. We don't love you. Okay. Next one here from Kyan Roningsberg. <laughs> Travis Kelsey extends for four years with the chiefs guys. Does this nightmare off season ever end? Are the Chiefs always going to be loaded with superstars as long as Mahomes is their quarterback? I really need the Broncos to be relevant this year. And if not, either the Nuggets or Avs better bring it home. Well, how about both of them bringing it home? And why not throw the Rockies in there too? They're in the playoffs if the season were to start today. And the season's like almost halfway done for the Rockies. So good news, good news. Don't worry. Jerry Judy had a great day today. It's not all bad in Broncos country. Uh, and and he, here's a little tidbit on Travis Kelsey. He's really good, obviously. Ryan, I had no idea how old he is. Yeah. He's, he's like 32 years old this season, I think. He's old. So yeah, he's getting that extension and he'll be very, he'll be elite this year. He'll be elite next year, but maybe the Broncos will luck out in years three and four of that contract when they'll be paying him a lot and he'll just be eh, an average tight end. Yeah. There's a lot of hope. <laughs> cross your fingers for something. They either got to really hit on all these draft picks. The Broncos that is drew locks got to be a star, Jerry, Judy, et cetera, et cetera, which I think is very possible. And at the same time, they're going to need some luck on the other side of things where some guys decline. Maybe, you know, you don't wish injuries upon anyone, but if someone were to not play for whatever reason, that might help the Broncos out. Maybe Tyreek Hill finally does something bad enough for the Chiefs to feel like they don't want him on his football team, although I don't know what that could possibly be. But, you know, you go on down the line, they're going to need some breaks here and there. Yeah, they they, they certainly will. And, Ryan, you, you – put it best a couple of weeks ago there's you can't reasonably expect drew lock to be better than patrick mahomes even if drew lock is exceptional it, being better than patrick mahomes what we've seen right now isn't really possible so you got to have some breaks you're you're 100 right and maybe one of those breaks can be a guy in this who who this next commenter mentions coming in from girth daddy hey guys just looking for answers on natani muti how healthy is he does he have a chance to play this year? Ryan, this last one's for you. Is he single? Thanks. Oh. Girth Daddy out. <laughs> uh, I'm just I'm just happy that I got to hear Zach Stevens say Girth Daddy today. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to get uh, me through the day, I think. It's actually a, a nickname I have for myself. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, okay, Natani Muti. Too soon. Too soon. Um, you hope 
this is what you hope. You hope that he stays healthy all year and he's able to get work all year and just not have any setbacks between now and next season. At least that's where I'm at, Zach. That's exactly where I'm at too, because Ryan, it's too late in the year to try to have him be your starting right tackle this year. There's, it's too late to put Graham Glasgow out at right tackle. It's too late to try Garrett Bowles at, or, or uh, Dalton Reisner at left tackle and have Moody be your guard. So what I'm doing, there's zero reason to rush right now. Zero. If you don't even want him to be your backup guard, I'm okay with that because you got a potential borderline first-round pick in day three of the draft because of the injury concerns. He's coming off an injury from last year, so just calm down with him. Let him get fully healthy, and then next year we can talk about, okay, Ryan, cover your ears for this one. Put Dalton Reisner out to left tackle, oh, then no. try Natani Muti. Try Natani Muti at right tackle. That's that's when I'm okay with moving him around and exploring. Don't move, guys. <laughs> Next one's from The Count. And and just for uh, so you guys know, in the future, we will have uh, Mace on for the entire podcast or whoever was at practice on for the entire podcast. At least that's the plan for now. Uh, but Mace had to get back to uh, to moving today. We we put him on the job and made him move at the same day. It was really messed up on our part. Uh, but this one's from the count. It says, uh, bum talk Friday equals Jake Butt questions. One, will he make the team? Two, is his last name the perfect last name for the position he plays? Three, what if we had taken George Kittle? What do we do with the Fant and Albert O picks? Uh, four, do you think he manscapes? That Darian. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I mean, speaking I don't of know Jake our, Butt. <laughs> I don't know if our commenters are appropriate for live internet television. Yeah, seriously. Uh, have you seen the facial hair on Jake Butt? I mean, no. I don't, I don't want to guess that that's what's going on on the bum side oh, as well. But <laughs> Ryan, it, it, it makes you seem like you have my facial hair. I mean, he's got inches growing out from Jake Butt. He looks like a true mountain man. Honestly, if he can grow padding anywhere, I think he should do it. <laughs> oh, man. And he did. Uh, according to reports, he had a very good practice today, made some good plays. Um, I, unfortunately, just because of the construction of that tight end room, I can't say that after one practice, it changes him making the team for me. I think he does make the practice squad this year, especially because it's expanded and there's a lot of rules taken off the practice squad. But Ryan... I guess you could have four tight ends, but then what are you doing with Andrew Beck? Are, are you not having anything of a fullback on your team? No, you need Andrew Beck, uh, in my opinion. You need Alberto Kuebunam. Trying so hard not to say Alberto. Uh, and you need Noah Fant. And you kind of need Nick Vanette as well as your blocking specialist. So yeah. I just. Jake, but I mean, whose job does he have to take? Nick Van Ants? I guess, but then he has to prove that he's a, a good, reliable blocker, right? Yeah, I, I guess with, I mean, extra practice squad spots, you could sneak Albert O out there if you don't, if you don't feel comfortable about him, but I wouldn't feel comfortable with that. No, I certainly wouldn't either, especially because Albert O has played way more with Drew Locke than Jake Butt has. Exactly. Exactly. So the chemistry is there. It's it's good questions. It's something we're definitely going to keep our eye on. And you know, if we're having more bum talk Fridays it, because of Jake playing well, then that's only going to be a good thing. I mean, th these are great problems to have. 
is, oh my gosh, we have five tight ends that we really want to keep. How do we do that? Those are great, great problems to have. Yeah, it just it's tough to see it for me. I have a hard time envisioning this scenario. I hope it happens. I love Jake Butt. I think he's awesome. Uh, but you know, I'm a butt guy, if you will. But uh, <laughs> he's it's very slim margin for him. He has to have a perfect training camp and take someone's job who we would put in as an automatic right now. Maybe Albert O. Kuebunam uh, can can play the H back role and. And that's how you make this happen. But it's going to take some shuffling. Because you brought it up, Ryan, and because Jake's got a lot of hair right now, are you a hairy butt guy? No. (laughs) From Broncos Sooners, New York Rangers. My boys, happy Friday. Crack a Breck brew and throw a laser over the middle to Jerry Judy. Let's talk some Broncos football. We are so close to the season, I can taste it. So I have a couple questions. One. Who will score the first touchdown of the season? Jerry Judy. Oh, man. I like that. I'll go Melvin Gordon. Okay. Uh, what will Brandon McManus's longest field goal be? 55. I say 58. Oh, he gets a Von Miller. Who will score the most receiving touchdowns? Cortland Sutton. Jerry Judy. Ooh. What non-division game do you think is a must-win for the Broncos? I'll, there's a few, but I'll just say week one, Tennessee. Yeah, I was going to go that as well because it, it's a tough, tough stretch at first. And, man, at home, got to win that game. And it's kind of felt like that the past few years, actually, with the week one games. Absolutely. He finishes by saying, have a great and safe weekend and a mile-high salute to the haters. And there's actually uh, some haters in the comment section right now here on the live. So. Mile high salute to you. <laughs> we appreciate uh, Chiefs Kingdom listening to uh, to the Broncos podcast. It's on the rise. The Broncos are on the rise right now. So thanks hey, for tuning in, Chiefs. You click in on this stream, that's a little more money from our advertisers. So thank you. <laughs> Butch Cassidy chimes in and says, if you haven't yet, please tell me how Callahan and Boye look today. In my opinion, the difference between this being a top three or top 10 defense unit hinges on the cornerback group. What kind of production does Callahan need this season to not be considered a huge miss? Uh, Heavy, heavy production from him to not be considered a big miss. Look, he is, in my opinion, arguably the best corner on the team when healthy. Um, I know he had the interception that we mentioned earlier that Mace mentioned earlier today. So I think the early reports where he had a pretty good practice, I got to be honest, Zach, I didn't see or hear much about AJ Boye. No, I didn't either. And maybe that's a good thing because you don't really want to hear about your cornerbacks unless they're getting an interception. Um, but on the other side, Drew Locke was connecting with court and Sutton often, often. And yeah, Bryce Callahan was playing on Cortland specifically when Cortland fell and Bryce got that pick. But was that happening on uh, on Cortland Sutton? I'll be out there, or on A.J. Boye, I'll be out there on Sunday, and that's certainly something I'll be looking for is to see Boye. Yeah, that, you know, again, this is the interesting part of us alternating day by day. You can take notes. Oh, didn't hear much about A.J. Boye. Oh, heard Jerry Judy was amazing. That's going to happen every day. But, you know, like you're going to be able to react to what you heard or, uh, you know, just as important, what you didn't hear on a day. 
it, it's probably not good if we don't hear anything good about A.J. Boye through a few practices. I hate to make much of one, even two practices, but, you know, two practices turns into three, turns into four. Last year we had Connor McGovern missing a snap in like 14 straight practices. <laughs> after two practices, you didn't think that was a problem. Uh, after 14, you were a little worried. Yeah, exactly. And in terms of how important Callahan and Boye are to this defense, I couldn't agree more with Butch Cassidy. If he, if both of those guys ball out, this is a top five defense. As long, I mean, touching wood. As long as Court or Bradley Chubb and Von Miller stay healthy, this is a top five defense. If those guys are are great players, like you expect them to be, and if not, if you have a huge hole at two cornerbacks. Even with Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Kareem Jackson, uh, and Justin Simmons, it's hard to say that they're going to be a top five defense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no matter what they do, they're going to have to make sure the grass is nice and trimmed out there at uh, at Dove Valley. And maybe they'll use the lawnmower 3.0, or maybe they'll just use their uh, their mowers. But they could use the lawnmower 3.0 to trim the grass out there. And you can absolutely use the lawnmower 3.0 from Manscaped to trim your grass. Also, Zach, when I go out to training camp, uh, I notice that there's not much shade for the media, which means it's going to be hot out there, which means you are absolutely positively going to need, not want, need some crop preserver before you head out there. Probably some crop reviver when you get home. So check out all the products from Manscaped. I've yet to use one that wasn't at the very least game-changing, but potentially life-changing. Sorry, Ryan, just uh, got sit, done f- sipping on some Strava Craft coffee <laughs> to power me through this podcast and the live viewers can see. I was literally drinking Strava Craft coffee right there, and I've got myself hooked on that subscription. And of course, if you're a first-time user of Strava Craft coffee, use the code DNVR20, that magical code, to get yourself 20% off Strava Craft Coffee, which is delicious coffee, and it's CBD-infused, which helps with aches, pains, headaches, migraines. Or if you're like myself and those coffee jitters hit you pretty hard, the CBD helps relieve those coffee jitters so that I'm not all jittery on this podcast. You're Uh, all jittery. (laughs) But if you've used that magical code DNVR20, make sure to go and subscribe to Strava Craft Coffee because you'll get 20% off every single time that you order from Strava Craft Coffee. So make sure to check out Strava Craft Coffee, subscribe to them, and make sure to try the Strava Craft Cold Brew at the DNVR Bar. Maybe that right before your RK special. Everyone knows I'm a two-coffee guy, and it's just about second coffee o'clock. So as soon as we're done here, I'm going downstairs, getting myself a Strava Cold Brew right on uh, just on tap like there's something even better about getting your coffee on tap uh and then you go right into an rk special right after that next one here is from onion town links he says okay i asked rk i asked for rk back and then mace disappears and this happens my guys come on now biggest storylines and nothing to be said about backup quarterback what could change jeff driscoll being the second team brett ribbon having a case keenum ish training camp what is the outcome of this happens? Three QB roster. I doubt it. But then again, I'm no kind of expert. Thanks for your time and have a great day. Links. Yeah. I mean, if Mace was on yesterday, then it certainly would have been talking about backup quarterbacks as the most important storyline heading into camp. Um, Ryan, 
Jeff Driscoll's the backup. Yes. I mean, it, something crazy, crazy. I, Jeff Driscoll would have to be awful in order for him to lose his job, especially because when a, a person's really going to take over a backup job is in tra- is in preseason games, you don't have those this year. I don't see it happening. Yeah, I don't either. And honestly, Jeff Driscoll better be the backup if they're allowing him to touch footballs that are then going to Jerry Judy. Like, Yardy, you know, last year we did this song and dance with Kevin Hogan. We had to watch a third-string quarterback get second-string snaps for, what, three weeks? Yeah. Do not waste people's time with this. And they're not going to, at least with the backup quarterback position. Jeff Driscoll is your backup. He's being paid to be so. Brett Rippon would – I would say he would have to play so well that the Broncos wouldn't have a chance – a choice but to keep him on the roster but no one's gonna be able to see anything uh so you don't have to worry about another nfl team saying hey we're gonna go scoop brett rippon off the practice squad it's gonna be a two qb roster drew lock jeff driscoll uh, uh with brett rippon on the practice squad yeah i mean he'd have to really rip right through jeff driscoll in order to get that spot Nice. Solid. <laughs> Puget Sound Broncos says, training camp day. Oh, how I've been waiting for this day to come. Thank you, gentlemen, for your outstanding coverage. And I can't wait to soak up all the content you guys will be putting out for the next month. Take care and have a great weekend. PSB. We can't wait to be putting out this content for you. Doing these live pods is so much fun. And uh, we're so pumped that you're rolling with us. Yeah, it's amazing to have you guys rolling with us. Uh, Like we said yesterday and the day before on the pod, we'll be doing these live pods every day after training camp to bring you guys the fastest training camp information you could possibly get. I think we probably went live and started talking about what went down at camp as fast, if not faster than anyone else. So we want to get you great information. We want to get you it as fast as possible. And that's why we're doing these pods every day live. Yeah. Next one's from that. that Next one's from Mr. Bezos. Broncos are back. Question for y'all. Might need Mace for this one. Don't have Mace. Uh, were the offseason long individual awards, like comeback player of the year, defensive player of the year, or MVP in the shortened NFL seasons? Yes, of course. I think uh, no matter the season, you're going to get all those awards. If there's one a one-game season, you should have those awards. Uh, and then he says, P.S., do we need a promo code or anything to get that sweet shirt and mask co- uh, combo when we re our subscription? I plan to resubscribe soon. That deal's for new uh, for new subscribers only. I'm sure you got a good deal when you got in. We got to change up the deals now and then. But, yeah, that one's for new subscribers. And if you're listening and you want to become a member at thednvr.com, which gets you all sorts of benefits, you can do so. And, yes. When you sign up, you will get a free shirt and a free mask so you can look fresh and be safe. The other Ryan chimes in and says, my boys, happy start of training camp, live podcast, bum talk, feel good, fired up Friday. Man, it's got it all today, doesn't it, Ryan? Sure does. I'm going to keep things perfectly pithy today with a thank you to each of you for getting us through what has been a turbulent, unpredictable offseason. Well, thank you so much, the other Ryan. We really appreciate you rolling with us. We know no other way. Exactly. My question for today is, did Isaac Yadam receive any repetitions at safety in practice today? If not, do you think that he will? I think that safety may be a better fit for his skill set. Have a wonderful weekend. DNV Army, salute. 
I did not hear that, Zach. I do not expect that. And to be honest, I'm a big fan of a lot of things about Isaac Adam. His bulldog mentality, you know, the way that he attacks the game. He works extremely hard. With that being said, this is definitely trending towards another failed third-round corner pick. That's what it looks like, and right now you're not going to see him play safety until he really loses that third spot, which could become very quick, especially with Michael Ojemudia making a play today. Um, and then maybe when time is desperate, when he's your fourth, fifth, sixth cornerback on the roster, if it comes to that, Ryan, then maybe Vic tries to put him at safety because we do know the Broncos are lacking safety depth, have a lot of cornerback depth, lacking safety depth. But then, Ryan, at that point – you're going to have like one more week of camp, 10 more days of camp. And I find it very hard for someone to switch positions and earn a spot on the roster 10 days left in camp. If he wants to switch positions, though, all he has to do is say he's uncomfortable running backwards <laughs> and he'll get a chance at wide receiver. It buys you a practice squad year somewhere, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> uh, from Chilongo Bronco. Hey, guys, just watched the first Hard Knocks episode and it made me think COVID is going to play a major role in which teams make it to January. I think the teams that show the greatest leadership and have a plan B or C are the ones that will have better chances. Let me explain. I saw throughout the episode Sean McVay having lots of trouble wearing a mask. That must translate to their players. And by not being a leader by example, his players may disregard the importance of wearing a mask themselves. And touch wood, they may have an outbreak. On the other hand, you see Anthony Lynn, who had COVID, being extremely observant on mask wearing and protocol following. This is going to be crucial. How do you see the Broncos in this regard? I will... I'll have to tell you once I'm out there, you know, um, I know that, you know, we've seen Drew Locke in pictures walking in wearing his mask. It seemed like the Broncos have been good with mask protocols, but I, I can't say anything for sure until I'm out there. Honestly, I've been surprised seeing pictures these past couple of days when the Broncos have been practicing and a lot of the players have masks on when they're practicing, obviously not when they're wearing helmets, but that has really surprised me, and, and I've been pleasantly surprised by that. So it seems like all good things coming out of Broncos camp. And, Ryan, the stats that we can point to says the Broncos are doing a fantastic job. Andrew Beck did uh, get COVID, was placed on the COVID list, still isn't fully back, although he's back in the facility. Um, but he's the only one. He's the only Broncos player, and that he tested positive on his way in. So it's not like he had been hanging out with guys before doing um, things he shouldn't have been once he was in the building. So, so far, so good. Yeah, absolutely. One quick note I want to mention is as we're taking these pods live, we're probably going to enforce the short comment rule uh, a little more. So try to keep it to one question, one comment, uh, keep it around a paragraph and not just like one super long paragraph you know what i'm saying three to four sentences is, is probably what we're looking for just because we're live uh it's a little bit of a different pace to the show and if you want to uh if you want to write a novel there go ahead but leave us at tldr at the beginning so we can get to it right away and then if other people who are in the comment section want to read those they absolutely can but tldr is our friend in, in training camp or as we like to call it bloof bottom bloof. line up front <laughs> exactly uh low country bronco chiming in guys listening to the kj hamler talk watch last year's penn state osu game 
you have to figure his speed combined with Locke's arm. It's not possible. That doesn't work. Hmm. He may not have the body, but it doesn't matter if no one can catch him. Not many corners can hang with McCall Hardman or Tyreek Hill. Let's face it. Hamler has the world-class speed. When you have KJ Cortland and Judy on the field at one, two, three, there is nothing in terms of passing offense that cannot be accomplished. Personally, I'm stoked if the depth chart, or I'm shocked if the depth chart doesn't reflect this. I can't wait to see this team in action. My only beware concern about KJ are is his slight history of drops. Low country Bronco. Yeah, you definitely want to see him get uh, his hand shirt up. I think we're maybe being a little too bullish on just, uh, you know, saying anything can be accomplished. But on the whole, it's true. Uh, just maybe not this year. You have to expect a little bit of bumps in the road for these guys this year. But it's true. Drew Locke, you know, gets criticized for not airing it out uh, last season. He should be a lot more prone to airing it out now that he has three legit weapons, including two with sub four five speed and exactly. and Hamler with sub four three speed. Exactly. And we're not even talking about the fastest tight end in the draft last year, uh, in Noah Fant, who ran the four five, or the fastest tight end in the draft this year, and Albert O. Kuebunam. Uh we're not even talking about those guys. So many weapons and Noah Fant after practice was asked. You know, you had a quiet day today. Are you concerned that you may not be a huge part of the offense or get a lot of balls thrown your way this year? And he said, no, 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 no. The the more the ball is being spread out, the less attention on me and the tight ends. And that's just going to mean that I'm getting better matchups. And that is the mentality that this team has to have to be successful. If they're going to be successful. Ah, successful. There come the cheers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> abs, abs take the lead again? Yeah, I think it was Kale from the point. Ah, man. The superstars stepping up. Just uh, kind of like the, the beginning of the Broncos training camp. You got Jerry Judy, Drew Locke, Cortland Sutton all stepping up. Don't you just love the sound of a crowd erupting? It's amazing. Man, I've missed it. Missed it's... it for so long. So great to hear. It was Kale from the point. I think someone might have got a stick on it. Let's see who it was. Josty. Oh. Tyson Jost getting a little touch in there. Playoff Jost. Oh, yeah. Uh, a a Josie that wasn't getting much touch was uh, was Josie Jewel today getting getting burned. Look at that. We got people tuning in to us on one screen, the Avs on the other screen. I'm tuning in to you on one screen, the Avs on the other screen. <laughs> Our listeners on another screen. On another screen. <laughs> just a, a, a never-ending stream of screens. It All right, really last is a, one. Appropriately comes in from Avs Watch 22. Hey, DNVR Broncos gangs, reporters and commenters alike. It has been a couple weeks since my last comment. And I foolishly realized my subscription had ended, so I re-upped. Welcome back to the family. We got him again. Now, I don't have to worry about my subscription ending. You guys probably just got done with training camp, and boy, I'm so excited to hear about it. I'm so excited we have 30 days until kickoff for the NFL season. I'm so excited Mace can change the scheduled loss against the Jets to a win because of the Jamal Adams trade. And I'm excited just to see the Broncos team get rolling again. This time proving to everybody that Drew Locke isn't hype. It's the real deal. And everybody else around him is the real deal too, even if they're just rookies. I know today's usually bum talk Friday, but I'd like to make up, make today fired up Friday because I'm fired up that you guys are back at training camp and that football will be here soon. After this hype train, I'll try to part with the question. 
Come the trade deadline, which is around our bye week, I believe, what is a Broncos position that should be under scrutiny for those first seven games that we could look to bolster by the deadline? Thank you guys for all your hard work. Go DNVR, go Broncos, and Zach, do your best. John Gruden with this, please. Man, I'll tell you what, guys, man. Winter is coming, man. Winter is coming. <laughs> it was like a little heavy on the good fellas. <laughs> it was. It was. I haven't practiced the John Gruden, and too bad I don't get to see him on Hard Knocks this year. Uh, honestly, oh. Coyotes just tied it up. Honestly, it's a good thing that you don't get to see John Gruden on uh, Hard Knocks this year because Hard Knocks with them last year was absolute trash. Yeah, and this year the the two man or the two team Hard Knocks getting like very low ratings. Well, because I didn't even know it was coming. First of all, so they've done a terrible job of promoting it, and second of all, we got the Avs on, the Nuggets on, the Rockies on. I don't really – I don't know if I'm going to watch Hard Knocks this year. Yeah. Uh, I'm a Hard be... Knocks guy. <laughs> yeah. Man, we're just – we're so t- – there's so much else going on right now. I, I care way more about uh, all the sports going on in Denver than uh, Hard Knocks. <laughs> Spanish Gruden. You know, I don't know if Juan I can – Gruden. I don't know if I can do an accent in another accent. Maybe I just did. Who knows? Uh, I think you did. I think you did. Okay. <laughs> so the question, what team could the Broncos be looking to bolster at the trade deadline? Oh, boy. It's not going to be right tackle because you have Juwan James coming back next year. Yep. Um, so I go to the other side. Left tackle. You don't have Garrett Bowles coming back next year. Elijah Wilkinson, if, you're, if he's your left tackle and you're looking to replace him, well, he's not coming back next year. So if you're making a push, Ryan – and you feel comfortable about every other part of your line and the rest of your offense, then it would it wouldn't just it would make a ton of sense to go after left tackle. It would, but Zach, when's the last time you heard of a left tackle trade at the trade deadline? I just I I don't know if that happens during the season. I'd love to see it if there was someone out there, um, but just because I don't feel like it's that likely, I look to maybe corner. Where the where the Broncos might be having some death issues and someone's available, didn't go in. Um, I think that that's a place where maybe, or maybe even linebacker, as a place where they might be able to actually find someone out there on the market that they could trade for. Yeah, I'm thinking the last big left tackle to be traded before the deadline was maybe almost Joe Thomas when the Broncos and John Elway tried to pull that off. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that does it for the comments. I want to first thank everyone who tuned in for our first training camp live. We really, really appreciate it. We'll be doing this after every single training camp practice throughout the entirety uh, of the training camp season. And then we'll be rolling some of these lives into the season. Uh, You can get excited about post-game shows. You can get excited about maybe an NFL pre-game show, a little morning show. Uh, So a lot more live content coming to you. Uh, as it relates to the Broncos and the NFL. But thanks, everyone, who tuned in on this one. Uh, That's going to do it for us today. We'll be back with you on Sunday for the next Broncos practice, which Zach will be out. We're out.